come to worship. The grace and peace of the risen Christ be with you. So let's wave the peace to everybody. Peace be with you, everybody. It's good to see you. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, for sure. Um, I wanted to share before we go further in worship that if you have not seen the announcement that Pastor Sherry's father died on Friday. And so I invite you to continue to keep them in prayers and surround them with love and encouragement as they go through these coming, coming days. Um, but that's, we don't know what any arrangements are going to be, but they will be shared as soon as we know um, what they're going to be. So thank you. That's, um, we always miss her when she's not going to be here, and we especially miss her for this kind of reason. And so um, we just hold them in love. We are here on the Sunday of the Ascension, and Jesus is preparing to leave the disciples. He opens their minds in the scripture this morning, and he blesses them, and the result after he ascends to heaven is that they go back to Jerusalem with great joy, and all they want to do is worship, and worship and bless God for all that has been done for them. So the question this morning is, what happens when our eyes are opened, when our hearts are enlightened with faith? It might be just a, a snap. It might be a day, an hour. It might be the rest of our lives. So what do we do when the eyes of our hearts show up? We know that the hope we have been called to as we wait for next Sunday, which is Pentecost and the Holy Spirit, um, we celebrate with dancing, with abandon, with hope. And because we have no other God but the God we worship and who reigns with love and compassion for all of creation, dancing changes us. People mostly, even if they're awkward, smile when they dance. It brings us to life. It awakens all of our senses Imagine the dreams and the heartbeat and the life stirring in Jesus and his disciples as he got them ready for the next chapter of ministry. Would you join me in this responsive call to worship? This is the call. Ready yourselves for a new life. Get ready to be the hands and feet of Jesus in this world. Even when the rain comes and sets in, open those umbrellas of gratitude and set out anyway, for we are called to dance again. Let's pray. Oh, loving God, lover of people and all cre creation, help us to put on our dancing shoes so that we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. Come and dance with us. Engage with us as we seek you, so that we can be risen with Christ and in Christ. Be with us now, we pray. Amen. Good morning, I invite you to stand as you're able.
and join us in our opening hymn, O Worship the King. so good to be back to this wonderful faith community, which I consider a good place to come. I have friends, I have friendly faces, I have people I know. And I think I'd like to start today with a little story I read, I heard. It was about an anthropologist who was working in the wilds of Africa with a tribe almost hidden. And he put a basket of fruit under a tree and he called three children and he asked them if they want to win a prize. And oh, of course they held it up. And he said, well, the three of you, when I say go, the first one to get to that basket gets to keep the whole basket of fruit. So he got them all set up and he's ready to record what is their reaction to winning something for themselves. When he said go, surprisingly enough, all three held their hands and walked together to get the basket. And he asked them, why did you do that? Why didn't somebody run and get it for themselves? And their answer was, how can one be happy and the other two not? And the leader of that community said, as I am, so we are. So we have to think in this tribe so hidden has something so basically written in their hearts. How much more do we as Christians have to think how I am so we are? It's the we. It's the me, the we, and the thee. 
And I know this community for so many years has concentrated on others in so many ways. I've seen it. I've been a part of it. Nicaragua has benefited from it. And I wanted to thank you. Thank you for staying a part of us, especially now when Nicaragua is in such awful conditions. Awful conditions with the government, awful conditions with things entering the country. We have to move our funds bank to bank. But what we do is we keep our projects going. Without our projects, without the cows, the pigs, the digging with wells, the helping the elderly, without there, our people have no hope. So as I am, so we are. And the we is us. So let's depend on the me, the we, and the thee. And may the thee continue to bless you, your kindness, your trust, your faithfulness, your generosity. God bless you. Morning, church. We come now to our time of giving, our time of being generous, sharing what God has so generously shared with us. You heard our mission moment for today. We're giving special funds and we're concentrating our giving on our mission in Nicaragua, one of the many ways in which we serve God throughout the world. As we are able, we want to make sure that we share so that those who are in need are able to know some of God's goodness through what we are able to share with them. It's not the only way they know God's goodness, but this way helps people who are struggling in mighty ways. Also remember, as you heard Pastor Kathy say, this is the Sunday we um, remember the ascension. Remember as Jesus left to return to his place by the throne, he also sent all of us. One of the ways in which we are in service to Christ is through our giving giving of our time, giving of our gifts, giving of our treasure as well. So let the Spirit move you and give generously. Seen waters part because of you. 
God, we know that you have shown us amazing love, love that comes to us in too many ways for us to understand in more ways than we could possibly count. But some of the ways we have known your love is the ways in which you provide for us, as you have provides, provided so generously. Let us sacrifice and give back. Receive our gift today as it goes to the glory and honor of your name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Take a seat. So we come now to our conversation with God this morning, time where we open our hearts and share those things where God has shown us God's goodness, times in which we have to say thank you, times in which we have experienced who God is and we must open ourselves up and just celebrate who God is. And those times where we know what's in front of us is too big, simply too hard, too heavy, and we have to lay it down before God. 
when we come together as God's people and share those things as a church, as a family, as disciples, and open our hearts to God. God sees that, God hears that, and God is moved. So let's have our conversation with God together now. Loving and gracious Father, we come this day with much on our hearts. We come with thanks on our hearts. Thanks because we have known the beauty of a sunny and clear day. Thanks on our hearts because we have known the joy and companionship of being together. Thanks on our hearts because we have experienced such good times, times where we have been able to laugh with one another, greet one another, and be together. Lord, this morning we also come, come knowing that we are in awe of your grace. We have experienced who you are in new ways. You have shown us new parts of yourself, ways in which you have been full of grace, full of mercy, full of generosity, full of love and kindness, full of strength, full of power. And we come with all in our hearts because you are our God. And yes, Lord, we come today with concerns. We come with burdens. There are indeed many things before us that seem too large that are far beyond the ability of our hands to do ourselves. We know we have loved ones among us whose hearts are broken with grief. And so, Lord, we know that you can heal a heart as only you are able to. We are there as brothers and sisters for those who are hurting, but you can bring a broken heart back together and help it find its strength to move forward. Lord, we also know that there are those who are in need of a healing touch today. Healing because bodies are not performing as we have come to expect or have been struck by an illness, struck by an injury. And so we come to you, the great physician, the author of all healing today, for those who are striving to be made well, those who are hoping to know a new level of wholeness and health. So we come on behalf of those we love, that they might see that granted, that they might know that restoration. Lord, we also come because we know that there are struggles in our world. We talked about our mission moment in Nicaragua and hurting people in that area. But we also know that there are those who are hurting looking for justice, looking for their needs met, looking for answers to big questions before us. Whether they are in our immediate vicinity or whether they are on the other side of the world. And you are the one who sees all and knows all. So Lord, we look to you for our next faithful step. We look to you for the call to serve however you would have us serve. And yes, Lord, for those things that we carry on our hearts, those individual burdens, whether they are choices, whether they are dilemmas, whether they are relationships that are out of joint, Lord God, speak to those hearts today. Speak to those hearts that they might know where you are calling them, how you are leading them, 
Grant them peace, the peace that only you can provide, the peace that comes from resting and trusting and following you. And yes, Lord God, we do come today with praise on our hearts. We come with praise because you alone are worthy. As we have celebrated this Easter season, we know what it means to follow a risen Savior who is in the world today. We know what it means to dance again because you have victory over all things before us. So, Lord, help us. Help us not to trust what our brains tell us sometimes, what our eyes think they see. But let us trust in who you are and the victory you have won and how you have shown yourself to be the answer to all our questions. For it is in Jesus' name we pray the one who makes all things possible. Amen. Good morning, church. What a pleasure to be back on a Sunday morning with you all. It's wonderful. Today's readings are from Psalm 47, verses 1 through 6, and Luke chapter 24, verses 4, 44 to 53. It's not that long. From Psalms, clap your hands, all you peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is awesome, a great sovereign over all the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises to our sovereign, Sing praises, for God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. And from Luke, Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the laws of Moses, the prophets and the psalms, must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written, that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am standing upon you what Abba, God, promised, sending upon you, sorry to stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, 
and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Linda, and thank you to Kathy for coming and filling in for Sue and filling in with abundance. Thank you. Last week, Pastor Scott preached and used as an example giggling in church over someone who was snoring. So if you didn't hear that, um, he was talking about how hard it was to hold in those giggles and how they knew that they were going to get in trouble with their mothers, but their friend was snoring and falling asleep, or falling asleep and snoring. And so he indicated to us that it's time with our faith to let it out like a loud belly laugh and to move with that feeling of joy in knowing our faith. So this morning, we're going to move on to the next part of this, which is Jesus' ascension. And we hear in the psalm, the uh, Lord God went up, and then in the Gospels, we hear that it's Jesus who went up. And in the different versions of the ascension, you hear different experiences about what was going on around the people as Jesus rose up to the heavens to sit next to God. Picture yourselves. Picture yourselves being blessed, and then he's gone. You might feel nervous or anxious. We know the disciples are pretty good at being anxious and feeling, what are we going to do? And do we offering suggestions for how to solve the problem? When I was, Scott was 14, when I was 16, maybe 15, I can't remember how old I was when I got my permit, but it was my mother on such a day as this that was going to teach me how to drive. How many of you had your parents teach you how to drive? How many of you got frustrated in your parents teaching you how to drive? So, my mother was teaching me how to do that dreaded thing, parallel parking. Lord have mercy. You know, I know people that will drive two blocks to park so they don't have to parallel park. But by golly, my mother was going to make sure I knew how to parallel park. And I was began to wonder, had I ever seen her parallel park? I don't know. So she was telling and picking and telling and picking. And so I pulled over into a big open stretch of the street, put the car in park, got out, and walked away. My mother was not happy. She had to get out of the car and go around, get in the driver's seat, and pull down the road. And she rolled down the window on the passenger side and said, 
get in. The good news is I survived and got my driver's license and evidently parallel parked to the tester's satisfaction. Why did I do that? Why did I decide? I, I'm a person who only imagined stomping up the stairs and slamming my bedroom door because I was mad. How many of you have already done that? Anybody ever done that? No? No. You sure? I'll ask your mother. So that was the kind of person I was. I didn't lose my temper. I didn't do, well, I didn't do dramatic things in front of my parents. So the idea of pulling over, getting out of the car, and just walking away, what was I thinking? You know what I was thinking? I am tired of failing at this. I am tired of feeling like I can't do it. I want my driver's license, and if I can't do this, I won't get it. I didn't want to fail. Isn't that so often the case when we feel called to do something, when we feel invited to do something, when we feel like somebody's tapping us on the shoulder and saying, how about this? Or maybe a desire for something bigger, better, rises within us. Little kids learning how to ride a bike. Some kids try it with training wheels. I didn't know anything about training wheels when I was little. You, you pedaled with a parent holding the seat and going down the road, and you did that, and you did that, and then finally they shoved you off, and you either pedaled and you made it, or down you went, usually on pavement. Kids want it. They want it. But they don't all want it the same. Some of them are fearful. They'd rather not. It's the same with driving. I've known young people who have not wanted to drive, who have not wanted to get their license. And some of it is anxiety. What if I fail? What if somebody hits me? What if I hit someone? Fear of what's out there. Fear of doing things. And I want to show you some pictures. These are pictures of people doing things that maybe we wouldn't just sign up to do right away. Hanging from a helicopter. Walking on a precipice. Standing so close to the edge of the Grand Canyon that you can see down. Did I mention hanging from a helicopter? So... We as people of faith find ourselves sometimes reluctant to say yes to ourselves when somebody says in a season, and you know, we've barely gotten started with Scott and I here as pastors, and we've got ways to go to be here together, and so uh, this might be a good time for you to listen up, because sometimes the pastor comes over and says, you know, we're going to be talking about this, and you shared with me this story about how you got through this, or how you did that. How would you feel about sharing that in church? And you go, 
I was okay with telling you the story, but no, 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 I'm not getting up there. God doesn't necessarily call us to be that kind of brave. But God does call us to be the kind of brave that says, use me, take me. You know me better than anyone, God, so show me how it is I can be your servant, your person, a faithful person of God. How can I do that? Well, the disciples in the scripture reading in Luke, we hear about, first of all, he tells them about everything that was written in the prophets and Moses and all of that, and he tells them that all of that is true and that part of what he has been doing is living out the promises. And he says... That, well, the scripture says, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. How many of you understand all the scriptures? Anybody? Pastor Scott? Nope. Pastor Kathy? Nope. And there's a lot of reasons why. Because depending on how we read it, when we read it, what's on our minds, what's going on in our life, we read it differently. But God opens our hearts and minds to the scriptures just like he did to the disciples. It just means that it might be different. And if you're afraid of the scriptures, if you're afraid of reading the Bible, because some people really are, well, you get yourself some modern version of the Bible, the message, or some other new um, translation or version of the scripture. You know what they're designed for? They're designed to help people understand. I had a friend in a church once who all he could, he, if it wasn't the King James version of the Bible, then it wasn't God's word. And I tried to say to him, that is a version of God's word. That is an old version of God's word. But I don't think that Jesus was speaking with these and thys and thous and thinketh and doeth and all of that. And if God's word is to be made available to people, then let's make it available to people. So let's read something that people understand, which is why Eugene Peterson wrote the message, so that people could understand the scriptures. Another way of God making available to us the words in the scriptures. He told them that he would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And he said, repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. And finally, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he was carried up to heaven. And they worshipped him and returned with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising God. Now, as I said earlier, the disciples were sometimes anxious people. They sometimes didn't trust, didn't believe. Even with miracles and miracles and all kinds of things, they sometimes didn't believe. But he opened their eyes to Scripture. He told them that he was a part of the promises of God coming true, and he blessed them. 
And so they didn't run away in fear. They went and praised God. And then they went out into all the land and preached the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, healing and teaching and baptizing and doing all of the things that Jesus called them to do. Sometimes that's how we feel when God taps. Scripture promises blessing, forgiveness. These are given to us so that we might be released, so that we might be released from holding in the faith and not dancing in what we believe, as Scott talked about last week and this week, from getting on that bike. I don't care if it has training wheels. I don't care if you're 96 and you need four training wheels. And I'm just kidding, but go. Do what it is. Maybe it's trying something new. Maybe it's trying something new that's good for you. Painting, Bible study, a small group, planting, part of God's creation. There are so many ways that we can go in faith. Stop by the road and cut the wildflowers and deliver them to someone who just needs to know someone even thought of them. Pray for our brothers and sisters and each other that we might know the love and presence of Jesus Christ and the movement of the Holy Spirit because we got to get ready because next week the Holy Spirit's firing it up. And I hope and pray, reminding us once again that we are filled with the guidance and the teachings and the blessings and the open eyes that God gives us to use. Yes, I learned to drive. And I've done a lot of scary things. Getting up here to preach. If some of us, we will say, if you don't feel a little nervous when you get up there to preach the word of God, then there is something wrong with you. Because we ought to feel some anticipation, some sense of, God, use me, I'm not worthy. Because it isn't about how worthy we are. It's about how God uses us. And I know as I look across from end to end and front to back and online and at home, wherever you are, that God has a plan and a purpose for you, and it is good. You simply need to give it a try. Let's pray. Lord, when we're afraid, remind us that you are our courage. We are not our own courage. When we want to step out and do something big, maybe it's an inch, maybe it's a mile, remind us that you walk by our side and that your word is a guide and a lamp unto our feet. Lord, help us to laugh and dance. Dance like no one's looking. Dance because you are the Lord of the dance. Let us be lifted and healed and guided in the name of Jesus Christ.
One of God's great gifts to us is the sacrament of Holy Communion. As we join God in the dance, this is one of the ways in which we can express our commitment, renew our connection, and show our love. Let us open our hearts as we prepare to receive God's great gift. So will you open yourselves to the grace of Jesus Christ that is always and already available here at this table? If so, say, open us to your grace, Lord. Will you open yourselves once again to the call of Jesus Christ? If so, say, open us to your call, Lord. Will you open yourselves to the possibility of transformation through Jesus Christ? If so, say, transform us, Lord. As we prepare to attend the heavenly feast, we especially pray for those who have no earthly table, no place at a table, and so little daily bread. We confess this day that we have been slow to join the dance that brings life to all, brings love to all, and brings sustenance to all. In silence, let us offer up our own prayers of confession. Hear this good news. God loved you from the very beginning. The invitation of Christ is never ending because resurrection can happen at any moment. The Holy Spirit is transforming you even now. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The risen Lord be with you. So lift up our hearts and voices. Let us give great thanks to the Lord, our God. Holy and living one, you transformed a whole lot of nothing into this amazing creation. You breathed life all around and called it good. You invited us to the wonder of it all. And when we could not face you, you turned us around. You keep bringing us around and around time and again, offering the chance to join the freedom dance. And so we join with the glorious chorus of saints past and present, singing a never-ending hymn of praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Indeed, you are holy. And blessed is your son, Jesus, the anointed one, the liberator, our dance partner, sibling, and friend. Jesus sat at tables with those who had no place and offered fulfilling food for bodies and souls on the night in which he would give all love for us. He sat at a table with the extended family, just as he hosts this extended family at this table 
here and now. He offered the usual prayers of thanks to you, God, over the bread and over the cup, then disrupted the gathering with these uncustomary words. Take and eat this bread because it's my body which is given for you. Whenever you gather around the table together, remember me. And take and drink from this cup. It's a sign of the new covenant. The darkness has given way to the light and the resurrection dance goes on. This is love poured out for all people. Whenever you gather around the table together, remember me. And so, friends, we do remember and we believe. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us now. Pour out your transforming presence on the gifts of this body on the gifts of this bread and the fruit of the vine. May they be for us your life and love, uniting us as one body, Christ's body, for the sake of loving the world. And now let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. This table extends beyond this physical space, into the space of the Spirit that unites us. May this meal ready us to love, to trust, to hope, and to dance to the beat of God's heart. And now I invite you to remove your masks and take your elements, opening the side that has the bread. Friends, know that this is the body of Christ, which was given for you. Take now and receive. Open the other side and know that this is the blood of Christ, which is shed for you. Take now and receive. May you know the unique blessing of this gift from our Lord and Savior. Amen. Again, I invite you to stand as you're able as we sing our closing song this morning, The Stand.
sometimes this life is hard. And sometimes people say, if it's this hard with God, how hard might it it be without God? May you never know. May you never know. 
May the spirit and the power and the grace of God go before you, behind you, beside you, and within you. Let's go. Let's dance.